Hello everyone, welcome back to our Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan podcast, podcast that has in mind, in, in, in the, our heart, the desire to uh, train you and inspire you to live a life of significance and success. When you live a life of significance, you invest in others, and with that will come success. Sometimes people just go the other way around, and it's not God's way. We love that you are sending us our your comments, your concerns, and even desire of people that you want us to invite on our podcast. As you know, our podcast is Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock Central Time. You can listen on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Edify, and of course, you can watch it on YouTube. We are so delighted to have a very strong and courageous leaders today. You will learn from him so many things. And I want to say to you, if you are in, in a place, uh, make sure that it's a quiet place. Take a pen or pencil. Make it really, really focus yourself on this podcast because our guest, Bishop, Jackson will have lots of things to share with you. And I want you to make sure that you pay attention and you take actions because he is a man. He returns to our podcast. We have him before and I know him very well that he is a man of action. So Bishop Jackson, thank you so very much for coming back to our podcast. Virginia, I'm honored that you've invited me back. I'm glad to be with you. Uh, because, Virginia, you are inspiring Americans all over this country, and indeed, you're inspiring people all over the world. So I'm thankful to be with you. Thank you so very much. And I believe, I believe we can do it in what God placed us. I can do it speaking and sharing with people because I live under a socialist and communist and I can wake up America. You can do on your part, but in the same time, every single person, even a mother who raised children at home has a very important role because she molds the next generation of America. So we are, grateful. we are grateful for that. So tell us what's going on with you. The, we had such a wonderful time at the last podcast, and I will, I will put the link uh, below for people to go and watch that. It was so wonderful the way you explain how God um, guided you to know him, how you went to law school, what happened after you, you um, accepted Christ and so forth. But now on this podcast, you want to share with America something new, something really special that you want to do for America and for every person who loves freedom. Of course, Virginia, you're alluding to the fact that I was born into a broken home. I was placed in foster care at 14 months old. I lived in poverty for most of my life. Uh, and I now sit here on your program, Virginia, and I'm pleased to say really the first Christian was well, actually second. I did Victory Channel, but this, only the second Christian program that I've been on in which I have the pleasure and honor of announcing that I am a candidate for president of the United States of America. And as you know, Virginia, based on your background and mine, only in America, does a foster kid born in poverty end up running 
to be president of the United States. And it's one of the reasons why I love this country and I will do everything in my power to defend the liberty that God has given us in this nation. That is so true. I love the way you said it. We don't say it. We don't hear it anymore. Very often only in America because the liberals are just finding only whatever they want to call negative things in America. But I have been here for 30-something years, and I want to keep saying it is true only in America. Like you said, a person like you runs for the president. Only in America, an immigrant like me comes empty-handed, rebuild the life, and is a lawyer again, goes back to law school, it's a lawyer again, writes book, goes all over the <laughs> United States and all over the world to tell people Amen. what God can do in one life. And it's true, we have to keep that in mind and remind, remind people what only in America is possible. You know, Virginia, uh, I wrote a book that I've got beside me, Sweet Land of Liberty, Reflections of a Patriot Descended from Slaves. And I wrote that book because I've heard so many accusations against my country, so much slander and vilification. Well, America had slavery. But I like to point this out. The whole world had slavery, Virginia. In fact, communism is really a modern day slave system. But America is a nation that while my ancestors may have come here as slaves, my great-grandparents were slaves, but their great-grandson is born a free American and gets to enjoy privileges and possibilities and opportunities that the rest of the world envies. So instead of looking back in bitterness and obsessing on what we think others may have done to us or to our ancestors, we need to be obsessing about what God wants to do through us in this great land of liberty, how he wants to use us to fulfill the God-given potential that he has put in us. That's what we need to be focusing on. That's what the Bible, I think, means when it says where there is no vision, the people perish. If you're looking back in bitterness, you're going to perish. But you're, if you're looking ahead with the hope of God in your heart, you're going to do wonderful things. Amen to that. That is so true. Tell us, what is the reason, you touch a little bit, but what is the reason you are stepping up to run for uh, the, for president? Well, Virginia, as we've alluded to, uh, I really believe that America is a gift from God. I really believe that the founding fathers were not an accident or a happenstance. And we know they were not perfect people because the only perfect person was Jesus Christ and is Jesus Christ. But they were inspired people and they laid the foundation for a nation that was greater perhaps than anything even they imagined. And you, you and I now are heirs to that legacy of liberty. And I really believe that the gift is ultimately not a gift from them, but a gift from Almighty God. And therefore, I believe that we are stewards of that gift. And Virginia, I believe our country is on the, under grave threat of losing what God has given us. And so I'm running for, uh, for president to say the following, America must come back to God. We must repent of our sins. We must turn away from all of the demonic influences that have captured the imagination of so many of our people. And we must turn back to God. The word says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Number two, we've got to come back to family as God ordained it and move away from all of this gender bending insanity 
that are, is being pushed not only on adults, but on children as well. And then thirdly, we've got to end the racial demagoguery and division, looking back on slavery, looking back on reparations and saying we need this and we need that because, because America has been so sinful. We've got to stop doing that because Jesus said a house divided against itself cannot stand. Virginia, I don't look at you based on your ethnicity. I look at you as a human being, a woman with individual experiences and gifts and abilities. And I honor what God is doing with your life. Uh, we've got to come away from this, identifying people based on the color of their skin. And as Dr. King said, focus instead on the content of their character. That is so true. I, I will say that um, you write about people looking in the, in the back at the, and trying to find all kind of problems and mistakes we are human beings. Uh, but I also believe that those people who are trying to find all kind of negative things based on color or size, because I'm very small, I'm under five feet tall, and people sometimes will put me down, not because I have different color, but because I'm yeah. too small. Sometimes right. they will say to me, because I have an accent. So if they don't find the color, <sighs> they will find something else about yes. it. But I, what I believe that's the essence is these people are fighting with God. God created mm -hmm. you, a man in a different color. God created me, a woman in a different color and a size, a different size and something. What they are saying is, I don't like the, the way you created me. And I will say <laughs> their fight is first against God. And then because... They cannot see God. They fight with us because we are uh, children of God. But the good news is that nobody wins against God. And nobody's going to ever win. The problem is that in this process, they destroy, they separate us, they scream uh -huh. and do all kinds of things and destroy this country. And this is a reason why we as Christian, we have to stand up and say exactly what you said. God created me. I see in you God's creator. I respect you because you are God's creation. Amen. Amen. You know, I've encapsulated what you just said, uh, Virginia, with this phrase. It's not the skin. It's the sin. And you just, you know, I, I've used this in that example all over this country. I've said, if God were to make every single one of us the same complexion, the same texture hair, the same height, we look all looked exactly the same, except for some had green eyes, some blue eyes, some brown eyes, some hazel eyes, it wouldn't be long before people with green eyes would be looking at people with hazel eyes and saying, yeah, I don't like those hazel eyed people. You know, I, I think they look down on us because the problem is not what people are attaching themselves to or what people are pointing to. The problem is the condition of the human heart. And there's only one antidote to what ails the human heart, Virginia. And of course, that answer is Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, who died on the cross for our sins. You know, that old song, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And that's really what America needs. That's what every human being needs. And so I'm running. Virginia for president to say, 
America needs God. And without God, nothing else is going to work. And so what we've got to do is acknowledge that we are indeed culturally a Christian country. We don't have an official religion. Good. We don't want one. But culturally, we are a Christian country that has been built on the foundational rock of faith in God, faith in Jesus Christ, standing on God's word. And we've got to come back to that. And, and Virginia, I'm asking Christians all over this country to rally with me, to call our nation back to him so that we can be a nation with whom God is pleased. And so they can go to my website, ewjacksonforpresident.com, and they can make a donation. They can volunteer. Please pray for me. But let's get involved in the process and let's let God know that we don't want to give our nation up to the devil. Uh, you know, Virginia, recently you saw how Target was selling clothes for transgenders with a satanic symbol on them. We found out that one major news network was giving money to the satanic temple. And now we know that Satan clubs are being planted in public schools all over the country. This is not conspiratorial stuff. This is actually stuff that is happening. Well, what's the antidote? The antidote is we've got to come back to the God who made us. And I really believe that I'm the only candidate in the race who is saying that. And everybody else is saying perfectly good things in some cases, but without God, all we're doing is shifting the chairs on the deck of the Titanic. We are going to crash unless we change course. And that course has got to be set by Almighty God. I agree with you. I want to ask you, you, you hear and you see all kinds of reports and everything. There are lots of Christians that are not even registered to vote. Lots of Christians do not go and vote. For some reason, they have this mentality, uh, don't be involved in politics. But Christ sent us to be fishers of men to change the culture. I don't know what they have in mind. How do you um, accomplish changing the mind of those, those people that are Christians, that instead of staying home to go and register in advance so they can uh, vote for election when the time comes? Well, I really believe that anybody who doesn't vote or participate in the process at all is abdicating their responsibility and violating a commandment. Jesus said, occupy until I come. And that word occupy, it means do business. It means be engaged, be involved. You know, Jesus also said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. But since you are not of the world, the world hates you. Well, why does the world hate you? The world only hates you if you're making a difference. If you're going along with the world, the world loves you. You're doing fine. But when you stand up for God's word, you stand up for God's truth. I've said, for example, when was the last time you heard a political figure say, I'm opposed to homosexuality, not because I hate homosexuals. I don't, but because it's sin in the sight of God. And I'm supposed to drag queens and opposed to drag queens and and, and, and transgenderism, not because I hate them, I love them, I pray for them, but because it's a sin in the sight of God and we simply cannot go along with it. If we do, we are condemning people to hell by not telling them the truth. But see, most politicians are not willing to say that because it's not politically correct. But the body of Christ, Virginia, has got to stand up and tell the truth. And it, because if we don't, who's going to? 
And, you know, I remind you, I taught this on Sunday at my church, as I am a pastor, that the Bible says the cowardly shall be condemned to the lake of fire the same way idolaters and the abominable and the sexually immoral and the liars. Because if you're too cowardly to tell people that they're on the wrong path, then you are in effect complicit with them in going down that path. So we as Christians have got to stand up because one day we're going to stand before God and you want to hear him say, well done. I really believe he's going to say, why didn't you ever stand up for me in the voting booth? Why did you vote for people who were against everything that I teach? Why did you not stand up against the abortionists who were killing my, my, my sweet, innocent babies? And you never said a word about it. You never tried to do a thing about it. Uh, and I, I don't want to be in that position. I want to be able to say, Lord, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. And there's a crown of righteousness laid up for me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me in that day. And that means we've got to do what God has put us on this earth to do, Virginia. That is so true. I uh, believe, you know, the revelation, the book of Revelation uh, shows us exactly what you said. People should read and be um, knowledgeable of. But one other thing that a lot of, uh, you know, um, research and people talk about is that the culture changed in such a way that many of our Christians, and we don't say, I don't say that as a criticism, but if you don't know your fault, you can correct it. But a lot of Christians go to church and hear the pastor's message that, that Sunday, but they don't open the Bible. So they don't know the values of the Bible. And when somebody says something, like kind of, I don't know, I'm, I think that would be okay. Why should I speak? What would you say to those people? I would say study to show yourself approved. Um, uh, I think that's second, first Timothy 2.15, if I'm not mistaken. Study to show yourself approved, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to get into the word because look, the word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. Without the word of God, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to respond. You know, Jesus said, um, in Luke 21, 5, I believe it is, he said, I will give you a mouth and wisdom which your enemy shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. Well, where's that mouth and wisdom come from? It comes from the word of God, feeding on it and meditating in it and reading it and studying it. And Virginia people sometimes say to me, you know, you have so much courage. But I say, it, it, I don't see myself as having a whole lot of courage. I just see myself as being committed to God's word and what it teaches us. And once you, you have that, then you realize you have no other choice. The Bible says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. When the word of God renews your mind, you can't really but speak the truth. Because Jesus said, out of the, the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And you keep putting the word in your heart. And before you know it, it just erupts out of your mouth. And it's not like you're being some heroic and courageous person. It's just that you're doing what the word of God has taught you to do because it's been sown into your heart. That is so, so true about this. And I, I will add to that. If you don't have the power or the courage to do it for yourself, do it for your children. 
Do Amen. it for your children. Many times I I said, you know, for people to read my my book, Saving My Assassin, because I explain what, what socialist is all about. But I also want to tell them, read chapter three in my book. It's a story of my uncle yes. who was a businessman who was not courageous enough to speak up when the time came and he decided to go to London for six months or a year and thinking that someone else will speak up. And when he returned to his business and he realized because socialism was established and he realized how much control socialists had, he started to speak and guess what? The socialist government came to his uh, uh-huh. business and took him and put him in the psychiatric hospital to train him to respect socialists. And all his yeah. life, he regretted for the time that he had to speak. He did not speak. I don't want anyone, not our enemies, to go through this. So you're right. It's time right now to speak. But when you think about people, that maybe they will go, they will be encouraged by what you said, and they will go and uh, register uh, to vote and so forth. What do you think it's, uh, are the biggest issues that they have in mind or they care about? Well, there are many of them. Uh, I really think one of the reasons why I'm running is I really think that the, the single biggest issue America faces is, a, is an issue of spiritual and moral crisis. Uh, and the other issues feed into that. But obviously, there are others that, that most people are focused on. The economy, for example, and inflation, and how it's eroding the uh, income of the American people. And it's a very serious issue. And look, I would go in, I've said, I would go in and immediately st- stop the flow of spending because we are spending ourselves into a, a, a debt oblivion. And I would immediately loosen up all the regulations that have been imposed on the country in the last two years so that the economy can breathe free and stop printing and borrowing money so that the inflation rate comes down and then unleash the productive capacities of the American people. You know, America wasn't built by government, Virginia. It was built by people like you and me and so many others working and striving and experimenting and risking and and, and, and starting businesses and employing people and, and just trying to do something to fulfill the gifts that, that are in them. And when you put a lid on that with, with onerous regulations and high taxes and, and, and burdensome control, well, all you do is, is, is stultify and stagnate the abilities of the American people to build and create. And I would immediately take the lid off and let the American people run. And I'll tell you there, when, when, when freedom takes root, and I'm talking about real freedom, I'm not talking about vice, I'm not talking about license, I'm talking about real freedom, virtuous freedom takes root. The productive and creative capacities of the American people uh, are unparalleled in the history of mankind. You mentioned that you are a pastor, but you also are a graduate from law school. You graduated from law school and you know law really well. So tell us, I know I know that you are, you are standing for life. When do you consider life starts? At conception. 
And by the way, I'm glad you asked that question because Virginia, I am the only candidate in the race who is proposing a constitutional amendment that would define life and personhood at conception. And my justification, Virginia, is very simple. Every human being was conceived. And when we were conceived, that was us. It was simply us at an early stage of development. And in the same way, in hindsight, we look back and think, Would you, did your life matter? Of course it did. But you wouldn't be where you are now had you not gone through that stage. So those children deserve the same protection we want today because they are no less persons than we are today. They are simply persons at the earliest stage of development, just like a baby who is first born can't focus their eyes. They can't discern sounds. They can't take care of themselves in any way, but they're persons, they're human beings. And so is a baby when it's first conceived in its mother's womb. And I would, I would establish a constitutional amendment to make that clear, take it out of the hands of the Supreme Court, out of the hands of the states, and put it where it belongs in the Constitution to protect that unborn baby from being murdered in the womb. Well, one last question. Uh, tell me if someone will ask, what, what qualifies you for uh, president? Um, maybe there are, somebody is texting me with the, these questions and I would love, you know, to, for you to give a chance and respond to, to these people. Virginia, I am so glad you asked that question because first of all, let me say, I don't think that there's a single human being on the earth, pre past or future presidents, who is alone qualified to serve in what I consider to be probably the most difficult, certainly the most powerful office in the world. But I think by the grace of God and with God's help, you can do it. I am the only candidate who will make this commitment. The very first thing I will do after being sworn in will be to go into the Oval Office by myself and pray the prayer of Solomon. Oh God, I do not know how to go in and come out among this great people, the American people, but give me wisdom, Lord, that I may lead them in the way you would have them to go. I could talk about my credentials because you've already talked about that. I've accomplished a lot in my life. I mean, I've run organizations, I've run businesses, I've written three books, I've taught in law school and graduate school. But I really believe that, that my ultimate qualification is I know nobody can do the job of president of the United States without the help of Almighty God. And he is the one upon whom I would lean. Yes, you're right about this. One more question that arrived. Tell us uh, your position on parental, parental rights. Oh, first of all, I would unleash the power of the, the, the attorney general's office and the Justice Department to protect the rights of parents to raise their children as they see fit, Virginia, and not to be dictated to by a school board or a teacher's union telling them, we're going to inject your child with hormones. We're going to change your child's name. We're going to hide from you some sort of gender transition that we're taking your child through. And you as a parent have nothing to say about it. I would say that the, the Justice Department should should bring lawsuits against anybody because that's a deprivation Thank you so very much for saying that. And thank you so very much for being here. Would you please tell us and our audience and our viewer one more time where they can find you and how they can be involved? 
Well, we uh, we are very delighted that you came here. I hope people will go to your website. I hope they will take action on everything that you said. And I just want to thank you so very much, Bishop Jackson. Um, so um, you heard, you know, you know the the website. I hope you are gonna be involved. It's uh, about the future of the country that all we love. God put in each one of our skilled talents and uh, put us in a specific place and for a specific reason so we might be involved, not only for us, but for generations to come. We are grateful for each one of you listening or watching Courageous Leadership with Virginia Pradhan podcast every Wednesday and Saturday at 10 o'clock. It airs at that time, but you can watch it at any time at uh, uh, YouTube or you can listen on uh, um, Podbean, Edify, Apple Podcast, and every other platform. We are grateful for you, for your questions. Uh, I hope if you uh, want to know and just ask questions and uh, kind of poke holes in the mind and, and uh, uh, desire of many people that love socialists to read this book, Saving My Assassin. You can find it at virginiapradanbooks.com slash product slash book. It's a very good description of everything our life will look like if we don't fight for America. Thank you so very much. One more time. Thank you so much, Bishop Jackson, for your uh, contribution here, for returning to our podcast. And thank you, each one of you, for listening, for comments, and for asking us to help you. You can, you can send us your question, and we are more than happy to help you. Until next time, remember, you are here for a reason. You have a pulse, you have a purpose, and the purpose is to save America and to keep freedom in America as we receive freedom. God bless you, and see you later. Bye-bye.